The scripture reading this evening will be from Mark chapter 6, verses 30 and 31. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many were people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. This is God's word. You may be seated. Father, we're grateful for all of the ways that you have blessed us and taken care of us this day and revealed yourself to us, Father, through your word and through worship and through our fellowship, Father. And we are grateful for days like this in which spiritually we can be recharged and know that we go out into the world, not alone, but you with us at all times. And that having been given... Father, a a purpose and a direction in this life to go as your representative, as your ambassadors, as your missionaries into all of the communities all over the world to, 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 to live out the implications of the gospel and to speak the words of the gospel to people who, who need to hear it and to experience the blessing, not just of change and of forgiveness, but of adoption into your family. Thank you for these things, Father. And tonight, as we consider how this happens abroad, uh, we pray that, uh, that you bless us in our hearing and in our thinking, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, tonight, I, I want to spend some time talking about the, uh, the retreat, the renewal retreat that I was a part of this last, uh, last week for 10 days in, uh, in Achabaya, São Paulo, which is one of the big states in, in Brazil, Achabaya, little town in the interior where we went to a conference center and met with 53 missionaries. And uh, that is the, the group shot right there of all of the guys as well as the care team. Uh, to to kind of give us perspective in a jumping off place, uh, it may surprise you to know that there are 1,500 ministers that leave the ministry every month in the United States. 1,500 ministers who leave the ministry in every religious group that you can imagine, total 1,500 ministers leave the ministry every month in the United States. And uh, while the attrition rate is not that great on the mission field, there is still the same kind of pressures and the same kinds of temptations and uh, uh, avenues that lead to spiritual exhaustion and physical exhaustion and emotional exhaustion. And uh, the fellows in the mission field outside of the United States don't always have the same resources. One of the things that, uh, that we do when we send a missionary out someplace is we're asking them to, to learn a language, to learn a new culture, to, uh, to live at a level many times that they did not grow up in, to be separated from family. And one of the things that happens in all of this is as they begin to form a church and to lead a church and to convert people and to disciple people, one of the messages that they send to those folk that we want you to be like us, that we are the model, we want you to be, you know, a a man or a woman like us following Jesus. We want you to be a father. We want you to be a husband. We want you to have a family like this. And so the missionary family many times is put up there as the model. This is what we want you to, uh, to aspire to. And what happens is that a lot of times, as with the good intentions and the right kinds of intentions, we fall into that, that Luke 10, Mary and Martha syndrome where you become so busy serving the Lord 
that you don't have time to be with the Lord. And that leads to spiritual burnout and it leads to some, some very devastating events happening in the lives of, of missionaries. And so this retreat was basically put together by, um, by uh, members of, of uh, the this, uh, Church of Christ ministry known as Great Cities Missions in Dallas, Texas, formerly known as, as a continent of Great Cities, formerly known as Brazil Breakthrough. And basically, having gotten to a place where there are just hundreds and hundreds of churches that have been planted by Churches of Christ in South America, what do we do now to help take care of the generation of leaders that have been raised up? And that's what, uh, this is what this retreat is all about. And so we have a mission statement. Next slide. The mission statement is the Connections Renewal is a holistic approach to helping missionaries renew their spiritual, emotional, and physical lives. The retreat that we hold for them, the renewal retreat, has, has, has nothing in common with a lectureship or a seminar that normally we have in the United States. It's very didactic. It's very knowledge-driven where you're going and you're learning something new. There is some learning. There is some teaching. But basically what we're doing is helping these, these men re, uh, renew their connection to God. Uh, during the odd years, 2015 being an odd year, the men in South America are invited to come to the retreat. In the even years, it's their wives. Uh, Ellen was able to participate in this, uh, this retreat in 2014 with the women down on the coast of Sao Paulo. There were a little over 50 missionary wives from all over South America that descended on this little retreat center. And Ellen was part of 15 women. Uh, maybe a little bit more of that. Maybe closer to 18 women that traveled to, to, to Brazil to minister to all of these missionary wives and to help them uh, re reconnect to God and, and to, to deal with some issues, emotional issues, spiritual issues, um, uh, physical issues that might have arisen in their life so that in reconnecting to God and dealing with some of these issues, they can go back to their homes, to their husbands, to their families, to their churches, and again, be very, very effective. You know, a lot of times when we think about burnout, we think of somebody working, 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 and not replenishing their batteries, not, not resting, and they just kind of hit a wall, and they don't have anything left. They've, they've spent it all, and they're done. And that is a, a, a small segment of what it means or how you become burned out in ministry. But burnout is really the result or the product of unresolved issues. And part of the unresolved issues are sometimes things that stay hidden in the human heart for a long, long time. Leadership, if, uh, and it doesn't matter if you're in leadership in a church or leadership at, at a hospital and a surgical staff and leading lots of nurses and lots of young doctors or if you're in a corporate world as a leader, leadership can be very, very lonely. And leadership can feel like isolation a lot of the time, especially if you're telling people this is, this is what a Christian family looks like. This is what a Christian husband looks like. It can become a very, very isolated and you don't really have anybody to talk to, anybody to connect with. And because some of these issues remain unresolved and you don't have anyone to talk to because you're the model, then it can lead sometimes to missionaries becoming ineffective and even coming home prematurely. And so the goals in the next slide are these. The first connection in this retreat is with God through worship, spiritual formation, prayer, and quiet time. The second connection is with attending missionaries and ministers through connection groups, free time, meals, and fellowship times. So the first goal is, let's connect again to God. You may be uh, Martha, 
and working and working and working and working, but for at least these number of days, you're going to be married in a manner of speaking. You're going to be married and you're going to reconnect to God. You're going to sit in God's presence. You're going to worship God. You're going to read Scripture. You're going to meditate on it and you're going to rest. The second thing that we try to accomplish is to get everybody networking. I mean, the more you know somebody and the more you spiral into their life and the more you find yourself trusting them, the more vulnerable you might become with them and you begin to share the things in your heart. A lot of these guys are in some very, very isolated places. And so to bring them together and allow them to network and with the modern technological advances that have been made in communication where you, you can Skype, you can email, I mean, there's all, you can actually call each other on phone anytime you want now through cell phones. What we're doing is allowing these guys who have the same issues, the, the same ministry, the same direction in life, the same goals, the same objectives to interact with one another and to begin to relate to one another and build friendships. And in this networking, give them somebody that they can talk to more than once every two years when this care team comes down from the United States to minister to them. And so we want to connect to God. We want them to connect to each other. And then the third connection is with a resource care team who understands and serves the needs of missionaries and ministers serving full-time in kingdom work. Of which, with the ladies in 2014, Ellen was a part of that group since 2009. And so for my fourth time, 2009, 2011, 2013, 2015, I've been a part of the care group going down to Sao Paulo, to Achibaya, to work with the men. Here is the 2015 CCC um, care team photo. There were originally 15 of us, but in the very last week of uh, our stay in the United States before going down to, uh, to Sao Paulo, we lost two of our caretakers. Um, the gentleman on the first row, who is second from the right, is a fellow by the name of Dan Leave, who is uh, up in the Fort Worth area. He was going to be one of our counselors. And uh, he suffered a major heart attack one week before we were to leave to go down to Sao Paulo. And a uh, very, very serious heart attack. Had serious open heart surgery and bypass surgery. And for lots and lots and lots of weeks going into probably the end of this year, he is going to be on bed rest. And then up, uh, uh, up on the second row, uh, second from the left next to Don Milliken is a fellow by the name of Ken Bonham, who is uh, a part of the development crew at Great Cities Missions. On Wednesday, before we left, just two days before we left to go to Brazil, that night we found out that he was not going to be able to go for the same reason. Although he did not have to have surgery, Ken suffered uh, some, some serious heart issues. It was discovered that he had about 90% blockage, and they put him on some very strong uh, blood thinners at that point, but he was not able to go. So we, the group of 15 went down to 13, which made the workload a little bit heavier, especially on our counselors. Now, as you look at that group, that group is, is um, comprised of, of counselors. Uh, we have uh, counselors from Freed Hardeman. In the past, they have come from Oklahoma Christian. They have come from uh, the private world. They have come from Abilene Christian University. But we take counselors down with us. I happen to be the one token preacher that gets to go down. We have worship leaders. Uh, we, have, um, uh, we have people from the business world. But we have people that have some kind of connection to missionaries. Either they have been on the mission field or they have worked with missionaries or in some capacity, they understand what missionaries go through, and that is the team that went down there. Our presenter this year was a fellow by the name of Todd Brown. He's a guy that uh, I was actually in school with at Abilene Christian University. Uh, he was born in California, but spent the first five years of his life in Brazil. 
he is from the Midland area. His, uh, his father uh, 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 was trained as a CPA, and, and I don't understand the language of the CPAs at all, but somehow he created a formula that made him famous. And, uh, and after having come back uh, from Brazil to the United States, has been in uh, uh, the oil business as well as the private sector for many, many, many years. Uh, his son, Todd, is the associate minister at the Golf Course Road Church of Christ in Midland, Texas. Uh, he has been involved with uh, leadership development and with uh, working with men to help them to become spiritually healthy for years and years and years. He helped found the Crucible Project in West Texas. Has been married for 29 years to his wife, Leanne. Uh, very, very, very um, talented uh, fella. In fact, uh, uh, and, and I'll probably mention this uh, a little bit later, gave the best sermon I have ever heard, best lesson I have ever heard on Hebrews 11 during this week. So Todd Brown was our presenter, and he was the guy that basically led these guys through the spiritual exercises, whether it be uh, the, the meditation on Scripture or it was the connection groups, the small groups, these kinds of things. He was the presenter for the week in interacting with these guys. Uh, the 2015 CCC was made up of 53 missionaries from 10 nations. We had uh, Brazilian-speaking nationals, uh, or Brazilian. we had Portuguese-speaking nationals, we had Spanish-speaking nationals, but the majority of these guys were guys from the United States who were living... Uh, all over South America, from Argentina to Peru to, to Chile to Brazil to Venezuela. We had them from all over the place. Bolivia, we had them from Ecuador. We had guys from all over the place. 53 guys from 10 nations. Uh, a couple of pictures of the place where we were staying. Uh, Palavra da Vida is the name of the, uh, the retreat center. In Portuguese, it means the word of life. And as you can see, it's a very, very lush place, very, very green. We were actually entering into the spring of, of uh, the spring season in Brazil. So there had been some rains. Everything was green. Everything was beginning to flower. Next picture. Uh, what you see there is a, a picture of the dorms. The dorms uh, with the Spanish tile roof and the stucco walls and everything were very, very simple. Uh, basically, they were a room. There weren't any pictures on the wall. They were basically a room with a, with a pretty comfortable bed. Uh, private bathrooms for the, the two guys that were staying there and a small fridge. And that was basically about it. We felt as the care team going down there that this was perfect. The guys were not going to be spending that much time in the rooms anyway. Let's, uh, let's find a place that is beautiful, especially if we're going to be spending it with a lot of alone time with God. Let's find a place in a beautiful setting with lots of hills, lots of trees, lots of green, lots of flowers. And, and that's, uh, that's splurged there and have the rooms that are very, very simple. One of the first guys to arrive was Manuel Soto. Uh, one of the first guys off the bus. And it was great to see Manuel. It's a picture of he and I in the reception area of the, of the Palavra da Vida reception main, main hall. He got there. We, I carried his bags into his room, got him settled in, told him to take a nap. And, and it was great to spend those, those five or six days with Manuel. Next picture is a picture of worship. We, uh, we had a, a very, and there are going to be a couple of times where I, 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 for a week now, I've been trying to find words to describe some of the experiences of this past week. And um, uh, without, it, it sounds like hyperbole, but, it's, but for me it's not. Uh, I would say that uh, the last week of, uh, of ministry down there in uh, Brazil was probably the most significant week of ministry in my entire 35 years of ministry. It was special. 
and the worship, you have 53 guys plus, you know, the 13, you know, you have 66, nearly 70 guys who are singing out to God. And the worship was just vivid. It was so vivid that at times, you know, and you're talking about men who love God and they, and they worship God, but they worship God in a language other than their heart language. And these guys would come in and they're tired and a lot of them are worn out and a lot of them are dealing with some emotional issues and some of them have just come from some very, very hard difficulties in that work and they feel the weight of an anvil on top of them and we bring them into this room and one of the very first things we do is just 30 to 45 minutes of just straight praise. And to see these guys begin to tear up and the, and, and the tears begin to fall because it's just so beautiful. And that's where the connection, the reconnecting to God begins to happen. From, from that Monday, when they begin to arrive, we begin connecting them to God in, in the, the language of their heart. And we sing the old songs and we sing the new songs and we sing the new songs and we see the old songs and it's just one right after another and, there's, and it's just a time of worship that these guys have been longing for. And so this is a picture of the guys coming together to sing. Um, the next picture is a picture of a guy by the name of Frank Stepp, who is an elder for the Riverside Church up in Dallas, uh, has been in ministry himself before getting into estate planning work, but a guy that has gone around for years and years along with his wife doing marriage seminars. And uh, he, is, he, he, is God, he is about six foot six, and he has about a ten foot heart. Uh, Frank, over the years, has been one of the guys like myself that's gone back on multiple occasions. And every time he goes back, he, he teaches one of the coaching classes. And his classes are really well attended because he just sits down and talks to these missionaries about how you have a balanced life that leads to a beautiful marriage, to a beautiful family, that allows you to deal with the ups and the downs of life, and the guys just flock. And, and Frank is one of the guys that has a lot of experience doing that. He speaks as an elder. He speaks as a former uh, uh, minister. And he just has a lot of wisdom that blesses these guys. Another very special guy that we bring on the trip is a fellow by the name of Steve Holliday. Steve, like myself, has been a part of every one of the, the male missionary CCCs. Uh, Steve is, is the most talented individual. Uh, his, he has a, a ministry, uh, grew up in Churches of Christ, um, was a youth minister in Churches of Christ, and started a ministry called Ultimate Escape that deals with human sexuality. Steve is by far the best presenter and one of the wisest counselors in dealing with human sexuality and sex, uh, sexu issues of a sexual nature that I have ever heard in my life. He is, he is a wonderful, wonderful communicator, a guy with a fantastic story, and a guy that has really, really blessed the fellas in South America. We also have uh, uh, different things that happen during the week, uh, like spontaneous late-night worship. Uh, uh, some of these, this is a, a, a partly uh, a, a group of, of non-English speakers. There's three or four guys in this group that speak English as their first language. Most of these guys are Portuguese and Spanish speakers as their first heart language. And after singing in English, which they, they, you know, they, they understand English very, very well. They're very, very fluent in English. And that's the reason they're able to come to this thing, because it's all in English. But they are so ready to worship in their own language, based on what they've experienced in English, that one night they got together and they sang straight for an hour in, in Spanish. And then they would, they'd sing the same song in Portuguese. 
And then they'd sing a song in first verse Spanish, second verse Portuguese, third verse English. And it was rousing. And you could just see these guys growing closer and closer and closer together. The guy all the way to the, uh, to the left with his hands on top of his head, that's our own Manuel Soto who was a part of this group as well. Uh, we also have early morning prayer devos. At 7 o'clock every morning, there's a group of us that got together under the trees in a big circle and we read Scripture together and we spent half an hour in prayer. And the first song that we sang tonight was the last song that we always sang each morning as we got ready to, to begin the day, uh, the doxology, to praise God at the beginning of the day. Uh, here's a, uh, some miscellaneous pictures of some of the missionaries. Um, some of these guys you might recognize if you've uh, been to lectureships. Uh, these, these guys have been on the field for a very, very long time. And some of these guys are very, very new to the field. But I wanted to give you an idea of what a typical day was like. And so up here on the screen is what a typical day would look like. At 7 o'clock in the morning, we would have that sunrise prayer devotional. And Brian Gibbs, uh, who was one of the first missionaries in, in Rio de Janeiro from Churches of Christ, and myself would lead that. And that would go for half an hour. Then at 7.30 till 8.30, we would meet for breakfast. It was a buffet-style breakfast, usually scrambled eggs and some fruit and, and uh, cheeses and Lots of uh, coffee with the hot milk that is very, very Brazilian, the cafe con leche. And it was just a time of fellowship. And those, those, when those missionaries would get together and begin to share those meals and, and talk to each other, I mean, the place would just erupt with laughter and happiness as these guys would begin to connect with each other. And guys that had known each other for a long time were seeing each other for the first time in a year. And the guys that had never been to the CCC before were connecting with guys and, and finding uh, guys that they had a lot in common with and guys that they could share with and guys that they could connect to. Then at 9 o'clock we would go to the main meeting uh, auditorium. And from 9, from 9 o'clock to about 9.45, there would be some singing, some worship, as well as some spiritual teaching that, uh, that Todd would lead us through. And uh, most of his texts were taken from Hebrews chapter 11. And what he was doing was getting the guys centered on God early in the morning. So that at 10.45, or excuse me, at 9.45, we would send the guys out by themselves to spend one hour alone with God in contemplation to think about Scripture, to pray, to pray about specific things, to think about specific things in their life, to take down notes. Everybody was, was, was blessed with a, a journal, and they were given that journal to write down all of their experiences in these quiet times during the week. 10.45, there'd be a quick break, and then at 11 o'clock, we would put them in the connection groups, of which uh, I was one of the leaders of these groups. And there were four guys in my group. One uh, uh, one was from, uh, we had two from Brazil, we had one from Ecuador, and um, uh, the other guy was from, was, was from, uh, was from uh, Bolivia. And this is, is part of the heart of what we're doing, is we get these guys together, and two times per day, they're going to get together for an hour, sometimes more than that. And they're basically going to be given an opportunity to tell their story. And sometimes the, the story is really good. It's been a good couple of years since the last time we were together. Some of the things that they learned, some of the things that they needed to change two years prior at the last CCC, they had been working on and there was fruit that was being produced in their life and they were happy and the marriages and their children and the church and leadership, all these different things that might have been issues in the past were, were really being resolved and there was fruit that was being born. Other guys had gone through some pretty terrible stuff. 
Sometimes um, uh, things uh, were happening inside of their church. There were, uh, there were issues of leadership or there were issues of, of sin that had erupted in their church that had taken an emotional, spiritual toll on them and they were just worn out. Sometimes there were issues with, with, uh, with marriage, sometimes issues with, with family, sometimes issues with other team members on their missionary team. But it was just an opportunity for them to tell their story to somebody who understood. Somebody who had been there. And these guys would, would be prompted uh, to kind of give a structure to what it was that they wanted to say. And then they would spend you know, part of that hour just telling their story. And there was something so therapeutic about just telling their story and knowing that there was somebody that understood. Even if it didn't get fixed right then and there, there was somebody that understood. And so that was the 11 to 12 o'clock hour where we would have the connection groups. And then at 12 o'clock we would have lunch fellowship. At 1 o'clock we'd give them free time. Some of these guys needed to rest. Some of them needed to get out and just do something athletic. Uh, this, was, this free time was also the time in which you were able to sign up to meet with one of the counselors for one hour. And our counselors, um, the very first time that we did this in 2009, some of the guys were a little reticent about getting with the counselors. And, and so, we, you know, a couple of times during the week we had to make announcements. If you would like to meet, sign up. They're here. Take advantage of it. It's free. It's confidential. Uh, take advantage of that time. Monday afternoon, probably 90% of the spots for all of the counselors during that week were taken up. We made one announcement on Tuesday saying there are like four or five spots left with these two guys. If you need to sign up, you need to sign up today. And these counselors worked around the clock. In fact, the need for the counselors was so great that they began to meet with people one-on-one -on -one during breakfast. They would meet one-on-one -on -one times at, at lunch and the same thing at um, at, uh, at dinner or whenever they could find that time. These guys really responded to the opportunity to have somebody professionally trained to sit down and help them talk through an issue that they felt was hindering them, not only in their own spiritual growth, but in their leadership of the church or in their relationships. And so that would happen from 1 to 4.45. At 4.45, we would call the guys back together and they were given three options. And these were coaching classes. Uh, Steve would uh, give a coaching class every day um, uh, dealing with human sexuality. We had uh, classes that were given about uh, uh, what you need to know and what you need to be thinking about if you're getting ready to return to the States and go through re-entry shock. Uh, we had Frank, as I showed you before, doing a class on the rhythms of life. Uh, one of the classes I taught uh, had to do with this book, Essentialism, which is basically trying to figure out what is the high point of your ministry uh, goal and mission and, and, and then having these concepts that you're constantly thinking about that help you stay focused on that. Had standing room only in the class, uh, taught the, the, the essentials of essentialism for an hour and then for about 15 or 20 minutes, uh, just had questions from these guys about how do you do this, how do you do that, how do you, how do you work through this, how do you do this or implement this in your day that carried on into some of the meals in, in the rest of the week. So absolutely a great opportunity to not just be a listening ear, but to be a mentor, especially to some of the young guys. And then at 6 o'clock, we would all go from the coaching session to the dinner fellowship. At 7 o'clock, we would go right back to the, uh, to the auditorium where we would have short announcements about uh, things that were happening the next day, changes where assignments were uh, being given and things like that. And then we just had tremendous worship again. And this was led by Basil McClure, who is one of the finest um, uh, uh, 
guys I've ever been around. He was my teammate in Brasilia, been one of my best friends since uh, well, for 35 years now, since uh, freshman at ACU. And he just has a heart for worship and a way of connecting with these guys. And he would lead that worship. At 7.45, we would go back to the connection groups and we would be there for anywhere from uh, from an uh, an hour and a half to, to, to nearly an hour and 45 minutes. And then at 9.15 to 10 o'clock, we would get in this gigantic living room and uh, Palavra da Vida, the, the, the retreat center, would put out coffee and tea and cookies and these kinds of things. And it was just kind of a, a, a period during the time of day where everybody's beginning to wind down that we could kind of wind down together. And the guys would come in, and sometimes it was a time for them to set up at the counter as well during this 9.15 to 10 o'clock time. And then at 10 o'clock, which was just something that the team did, the 13 of us that went down there, we, we've done since 2009 what we call a hot wash. And that's where we get secluded off by ourselves in anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. We talk about, okay, what was good? What was bad? What do we need to change? Is there anything we need to be concerned about? Uh, what do we need to do next? Are we tracking the right way? Where do we need to adjust fire? All of these kinds of things. So we would start at 7 o'clock in the morning and pretty close to 11 o'clock in the evening, we would end the day. And that's basically how every day went. Um, there was... Um, a couple of really high points during the week that um, that uh, for the life of me, I, I don't even know how to describe them. But there, there were guys there that um, that were doing a great job, and they're wonderful people, and they're doing the work that God gave them to do. But they're but they're doing it sort of wounded, and there there was just uh, an opportunity for there to be. Um, the majority of these fellas to really get to the core of of the the one thing or the two things that they really needed to deal with in their life to go from being like an A minus missionary to an A plus missionary, if I can describe it in that crass of a way. And uh, you know, right there in the middle of the week was just this gigantic peak where um, men who were very serious about the mission that they had been given and serious about their identity as a man of God and as a husband and a father and a minister of the Gospel were honest about their life. And there were guys that for the very first time in decades felt a weight lifted off of their chest. Uh, I had one guy in my particular group that uh, said, you know, for 35 years, and as he talked about how he grew up and some of the ways that, that he was raised and his experiences and some of the, the negative things that had ha- happened to him. I mean, he was functioning. He was, he, he was doing great as a missionary, but he always went around with the sense of, of, a, of an anvil, of a weight, of a gigantic bowling ball sitting on his chest. And he was tired of it. And he wasn't the only one. There were lots of guys like that that just felt, okay, this is the opportunity for me to talk about these things in my life that I've never talked to anybody about. I've got to get it out because I'm tired of being hindered by it. And I'm tired of thinking about it. And I'm tired of it being the very thing that drags me down in the worst kind of a way and makes me ineffective in certain areas or in certain circumstances. And I'm going to deal with it. And they dealt with it. And as we debriefed on Friday night and Saturday morning, the, the 13 of us that were part of that care team that went down there to a man felt like this past week we really produced the fruit of the work that started in 2009. That it took 2009, 2011, 2013, and 2015 for us to get to this place. 
And we believe that we changed in a positive way the trajectory of the ministry of Churches of Christ in South America for the next five years. And that's why it's important. And so there were lots of thank yous that came our way. This one comes from Edison Fowler, who's been in Belo Horizonte since the 1980s. He says, to me personally, CCC has been one of the most helpful and encouraging aspects of your ministry. I look forward to it every two years, wishing that it could be more often. Every CCC seems to be better than the previous one, and I always look forward to the next one. My batteries are always charged to get me through the next two years. An anonymous one is, yesterday was Children's Day in Brazil. I took most of the day off, but I shared the entire week's content of what happened to me in five or six hours with my wife. What a fantastic day for both of us. Another one writes, thank you so much for dreaming about connections, praying, planning, serving, struggling, promoting, giving, and so much more. I can't even imagine to have God work in your lives and pull off such wonderful and life-changing and edifying and transforming and healing events. I truly enjoyed the last two CCCs also. And then the last one, uh, one more, he writes, I am blessed. God is so good. My life is forever changed. I am rejoicing the Lord like never before. Uh, this year, like in 2013, when you were asked to, uh, to contribute, which you did so generously to help fund this trip for Ellen and for me, uh, in 2013, there was an overage in the giving. The elders said, go down and bless some missionaries. And you'll remember that there was one of the older missionaries, a guy that was 77 at the time, had been in places like uh, uh, Macapá that was just absolutely the wild, wild west. Even to this day, termites had eaten his house down. The roof had fallen. And we gave him some money to help rebuild his house. James Moreland is his name. He's still up there. He was at the CCC this time. He's doing great. Uh, I checked with him because you gave, again, over what was needed. The elder said, go bless some missionaries. And so I checked with James. Everything is great. He's doing really, really well. But uh, there was, um, it came to our attention on Friday that, and I did not even know that this place existed, but it's called Lar Mana, the House of Mana. And it is a Church of Christ-run children's home in the Northeast. It's in... Um, um, uh, the state of Pernambuco. It's it's near the town of Hisifi. It's in the northeast. It's in a very impoverished area. Uh, they lost about $20,000 a month, the month that we were having the CCC, and they were struggling to feed these orphans and these kids at risk. And uh, I met with uh, the guy that is the director of La Mana, a Brazilian, who he himself is, is not making you know a, very much of a living as it is. But we were able to give him $1,000 to feed his kids. 35 kids that are at risk. 35 kids who are orphans and kids at risk. And because knowing Maciel Vietas and the kind of heart that he has, I knew whatever salary he was making, you know, he was pouring it back to take care of those kids. And I told him, I said, our church takes care of a lot of kids all over the state of Texas. And we love what it is you're doing. And if we can bless you this way, here's $1,000. If it's okay, we'll give you $1,000. Stunned look on his face. You go to the CCC and think, okay, I'm going to reconnect to God. You don't expect this kind of a blessing. I gave him $300 to help pay his expenses from far northeast to come down to Sao Paulo. We had another fellow by the name of Brian, a young man who's studying and working with the church, doesn't have a whole lot of money, a Brazilian as well. We gave him $300 to help pay his expenses to the CCC and back from, uh, from the town where he lives. 
And then the last guy is a fellow by the name of Hanieri, who works in Joao uh, Pessoa in the state of Paraíba, which is a very, very poor, impoverished state. Uh, not a whole lot of money. This guy has been working with his family for years and years and years with the church there in, uh, in, in Joao Pessoa and does not have a whole lot of money. And he basically, not only working with the church and planning churches, but he kind of has started on his own the AIM program for the northeast of Brazil, sending out apprentices to churches all over the interior to help them get experience and help these churches grow in the interior. Faithful, 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 faithful guy by the name of Hanietti. And I gave him $300, geared up, just couldn't believe it. And he wrote, uh, Hello Mark, I would like to say again thank you for everything that you guys have done to us. I, he knows English well enough not to make that an intimate mistake, an innocent mistake. I mean, we did something to him. <laughs> this last week, it was very important in my life, and I can't find words in English or in Portuguese to describe the impact that these five days have had over me. Also, I want to say thank you for the love that you and your congregation showed to me through that money. At CCC, I was thinking about spending one special day with my wife and my boys to put in practice what I was learning there. So I was planning to get my car and have a special day with them, but I didn't have the money for this. Because of that money, tomorrow we are going to have this special day. Tell the brothers uh, of, you, of your congregation a special thank you. Blessings, brother. Anieri Arujo Jimenez. Thank you. On behalf of all of these guys for the way that you contributed and blessed these missionaries from all over South America this last week. Uh, Thank you for being patient tonight as we talked about something that you can tell I'm very, very passionate about. And I'm so grateful to this church for the way that they have always, always given. For the way that they have always given and overgiven to make sure that this ministry has taken place not only for me, but for Ellen and for others. It is an awesome thing. I wish, I wish you could experience it for yourself. But right now we're going to sing one more song. If there are ways that we can minister to you tonight, I want you to come forward as we stand and praise God together. Nearer, my God, to thee. Nearer to thee.